Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Hello and welcome to the show tonight. I'm so glad you chose to join us. I think it's going to be a delightful episode. The topic tonight is to embody your soul and our uh, guest or host or... um, I guess I'm doing it, um, Les Jensen, I'm the host of the show. In case you didn't know, um, I always do the first episode of every year, so um, in just about 365 days I'll be doing this again, and maybe a few times in between. But anyway, I'm so glad you chose to join us. I think we're at such a delightful and wonderful time in our in the evolution of our our human story, our human paradigm, that indeed, let's pop some champagne bottles and celebrate. I don't know what particular holidays you practice wherever you are on the globe, but here in the West, we went through some pretty major and common holidays, and it's been a it's been a season of thankfulness, I think, and a season of of gratitude for a lot of people. And I'm sure there's others who have, who have had their fair share of struggles, and they might take a little different look at that. But um, I I think we're out of the woods. I think humanity is really setting itself up in some powerful ways to really kind of flip this storyline over, flip this um, narrative, if you will, of our human. Um, direction, our, our human vector, our momentum, if you will. Um, I think we're kind of pivoting on one foot and in, in, in making a really big change here in the last few months and the next few months as well. So let's get to it. To embody your soul. You know, I uh, whenever I host an episode, I... Um, after I pick a topic, I I, I kind of hold it with a feather and um, look at it to see what it has what it has to tell me. And when I chose the topic of to embody your soul, boy, did it stretch my brain! My my 3D brain hurts after thinking about the dynamics of what it means to embody your soul. You know, what we're going to talk about tonight is is uh, direct, directly related to um, your awakening or the evolution of your consciousness. And I know that's relatively a generic term, but, it, you know, it really doesn't matter the why. Uh, maybe you're on a, a spiritual path to be enlightened, or maybe you're in the the business uh, arena and you want to up your game. You want to just up your potential in whatever sector of, of commerce or uh, that you're working with. Or maybe you're an artist or a musician or uh, as a musician or a painter or whatnot, and you want to you want to just dig deeper in your soul and pull up the the good stuff the juice the the elixir that makes your body tremble in delight if you will the the topic tonight to embody your soul covers every single one of those reasons if you will why why one might be interested in engaging this so the the why you're here can be as diverse as humanity itself. It, uh, so often on the show we talk about the power of human consciousness as kind of the core of, the, of our show dynamics. But the reason why you're interested in that can be as broad as humanity itself. So let's get to it. I'm sure we're going to run out of time because once I get excited, uh, it's hard to... Um, <laughs> compress it into an hour. 
to embody your soul. So here we are, you, me, we're having this stream of consciousness, and we've decided we want to embody our soul. So what does that mean, to embody our soul? Well, do you know what's important to consider is where are we? When we go to talk about embodying our soul, where are we? And why is that important? Why does that even matter? Well, your soul is a curious thing. It's your, your soul is this exponential sense of self, if you will. Um, in, you might call it n-dimensional or, or infinite dimensional. Your soul is, is such a vast aspect of who you are that your soul has been present in every single step of the journey of your soul. So let's start off with the idea of a new soul. I like the idea of a light bulb, just a light bulb, or, or the noonday sun, light. In the beginning was light, no form, no time, no space. In the beginning was light. And out of that light came all of creation. So your soul, my soul, the archetype of soul, if we want to get general with it, came from light. So if we think of the first moment of the birth of a soul, the soul has no experience as a human being. The soul has no karma. The soul has no karmic imprinting. The soul has no um, skin in the game, if you will. There's no desires, if you will. Desires come out of want, and want comes out of, of uh, circumstances, if you will from experience. So when we talk about embodying the soul, where are we in our journey is important because imagine if the earth was covered with uh, messiahs or saviors, uh, Jesuses, Buddhas, or extremely enlightened human beings. We'd have a completely different conversation about what it meant to embody the soul. You see what I'm getting at here? When we talk about embodying the soul, where, where's our starting point? I mean, you and I are here now, so to speak. This is where we're starting from. But here and now, the chances are very good that your soul has incarnated many times on this planet, many, many times. And so is mine. And it, through those incarnations, we've taken on karmic imprinting. We've taken on um, energy into our personal energy persona, if you will. When I say personal energy persona, I'm using a very general term to describe the totality of energy that comprises you, both physical and non-physical. So if we, here on planet Earth, I, su I suggest we are incredible souls that have gone on an incredible journey so far into the darkness of karma that when we talk about on this show tonight the idea of embodying our soul we're talking about one of the most epic stories of all of creation now why is that and why is that important because on this planet look at the history of the planet we've done atrocious things to each other we have devised every way we could possibly think of of killing each other singularly and in mass, and then we've built those systems out. Millions and perhaps billions of humans have died at the hand of another human being on this planet over the last eons of time. And what that's done is that, that's loaded up our personal energy persona with karma, karmic imprinting. And karma, when you take on karma, you you push it into your subconscious. But in order to do that, you have to surrender some of your power to store karma in your subconscious. So over many lifetimes, you've gone through many episodes of, um, on this planet, brutality. Imagine, uh, you know, uh, medieval battles where you hack each other with seemingly blunt 
um, swords and chop appendages off and and the king's pissed off at you and he doesn't want you to die right off the top he's going he wants you to take 6 months to die and and so you're in the gallows you're in the dungeon and and your your consciousness is sustained in a in a horrible environment and and what what I'm getting at here is these imprints consume our power to be pushed into our subconscious you can't have something in your subconscious that hasn't required you to surrender some of your power. And that's what's, that's what's important when we talk about embodying our soul. We're going to have to clean out our personal energy persona. That's going to be an important part of this conversation tonight. And that's why I'm bringing it up now. So when we look at where are we here on planet Earth, we've gone to the very edge of darkness. As I've said, we've had some pretty brutal history in our in our collective storyline. And so we've collectively loaded up our psyches so extensively that we've disconnected from source. We've disconnected from the truth of who we are. And and we we grew egos, and I'm gonna get to egos in a minute because that's part of the wet cleanup aisle five process. <laughs> When we go to clean house to embody our soul, our ego is going to be front and center about um, how how we can successfully embody our soul. When we when we loaded up our psyche so much that we lost an understanding of who we are, we lost the understanding of our divinity. We disconnected from source consciousness in our awareness. We were never, ever, ever anything but source consciousness, but who we thought we are, our own sense of self. We loaded up our, our psyche so much that we we forgot that we are source consciousness itself. So when we talk about where are we and 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 how does that relate to embodying the soul we're very powerful souls that chose to go into the darkness to go into confusion to go into separation so far that we could actually believe that we were not source that we were not powerful that we were not magnificent beings and when we look at that and then we look at our journey back it's always the very same soul going through the experience of life, whether it's in this lifetime, your soul is having a, a real-time now experience, right now, right now, right now, same soul. Go back to the day you were born, same soul. Here, here you are on the day you were born, same soul. The day you were born, you had a soul, but you didn't have an ego. Go back a few lifetimes, a few hundred lifetimes, same soul. Your soul hasn't changed through the through the the path of your many incarnations. And now humanity is at a point where we're collectively deciding as souls enough of the old paradigm. We've collectively decided that we've gone to the absolute bottom of the barrel we're tired of dragging our ass on the bottom of the karmic barrel. It's time to ascend. It's time to rise out of the darkness. And I just want to interject a, a simple concept. The farther you go into the darkness, the more powerful experience you can have. The farther you have gone into the darkness, the more powerful experience you can have. If on this planet we were all enlightened beings, glowing orbs of unconditional love, there would be nothing to transcend. There would be nothing to overcome. There'd be no struggle. There'd be no triumph, no challenges, no rewards, no growth. Every, every hero movie starts the movie off with defining a villain. And in our situation, it's darkness itself. So 
this lifetime, I've said this many times on the show, this lifetime right now is one of the most powerful paradigms a human being can have on any planet in the galaxy. I don't care which planet you go to, it's how far you've gone into the darkness that de- de- determines how powerful of a paradigm you can play out, how powerful of a storyline you can play out. The, the journey back to embodying our soul is to reconnect with our truth, to reconnect with the notion that we are the thing itself. We're divine consciousness incarnate. We are what we're looking for. The soul that is with us now at the bottom of the karmic ladder is the same soul that will be there as we take our last step back into source consciousness. It's, it's a timeless loop. It's a timeless story of the journey of the soul. You start off as light without human experience and without karma, and as you incarnate through lifetimes, you delve into duality. You load your psyche up with karma, and and you traverse the shadow, and then at some point your soul says enough, and then you come back up and you return to the light. It's a timeless story. But you can't ever, ever get disconnected from your soul. You are safe. Your soul is safe. Take a deep breath and relax. You are safe because your sense of safety is going to come into play when we talk about um, the the really powerful aspects of embodying your soul. So when we look at the process of embodying our soul now, um, humanity is really pretty much living in a 3D paradigm. Um, I, I, I don't know if you're familiar with 3D, 4D, 5D type uh, levels of consciousness, um, but humanity's moving out of 3D consciousness into the higher realms of 4D and 5D consciousness. And that's, that, that's just part of the process of awakening or the returning back to the light. When we came down out of the light, in, light into the darkness, we came from the 5D into the 4D, into the 3D. And in this scenario, 3D was the darkness, the darkest of the darkness. And so our ascension back will be coming out of the 3D, into the 4D, into the 5D consciousness. And these are these are terms to talk about our relationship with our physical environment. So when we talk about embodying our soul... We're talking about every single archetype that's possible. So Jesus, who was a, a, a savior denoted in the Christian um, religion in the Western world, and that's what I'm most familiar with, Jesus walked around did all these flipping miracles. He's like, uh, there's all these people and there's no food, kapoof, and there's food out of thin air. He's raising people from the dead. He's healing the sick. In the 3D archetype, the 3D human is looking at 5D, 5D interaction with the environment. So um, when we talk about embodying your soul, imagine you were sitting where you are now and then just daydream your soul as it's coming back into the light. In other words, as you're taking on the the Jesus persona, Jesus said, well, you know, you're going to do everything I'm going to do and more. Come on, belly up to the bar. Thrust in your sickle. It's God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So you're sitting here now in whatever context you see yourself in, just daydream your soul returning back up to the light. And as it gets into the higher realms of consciousness, as you move up into the 4D and 5D consciousness, just randomly take a snapshot of who you see yourself as and imagine them coming into the room and sitting down next to you. Now, why is this helpful? Because our egos see... 3D living, the movies, the media, as we propagate time and space, we don't see miracles 
per se. And, and sometimes we do, and sometimes we're conscious of the miracles we see. But, but to imagine the Christ consciousness incarnation of you, uh, the the lifetime in the seeming future where you have reached the 5D relationship with your environment, um, the universe doesn't change. In other words that that future sense of yourself is interacting with the physics that exist in front of you now. So your your Christ consciousness incarnation, and it can be this incarnation, it, you can traverse um, as you wish, but um, the universe won't change. So... Another way to look at it is if if Jesus returns, like so many people have uh, a lot of interest in. So he returns and poof, he walks over next to you. And he starts delivering miracle after miracle. Poof, poof, poof. The environment you're in now is the field of miracles. So when we talk about embodying our soul, it would serve our egos well to accept the idea of us, you and me, performing miracles. It would do us well to expect ourselves to heal the sick, raise the dead, uh, um, feed the masses. Because that's in the storyline of our soul as we return back to the power of our divinity. So, Let's let's take a, a moment and talk about the ego because I think unless you're uh, unless you've done some work with your ego, uh, the rate in which you can embody your soul will um, will not be as pronounced as it could be. There's there's no place you can go to be more divine than you are now. And what I'm saying here is. I just referenced how quickly we can traverse consciousness. It's not like where we are is broken ever, ever. There's no need to rush anywhere ever as far as a sense of becoming, quote, more divine. It doesn't happen that way. Every single human persona you see on this planet is playing out the perfect paradigm. Well, what about the the beggar on the street? that's perfect, perfect divine manifestation of that level of soul progression. And that soul can be a, a, a most advanced, powerful soul, even though our, our ego eyes show us somebody whose life is devastated. So when we talk about our ego and we talk about embodying the soul, our ego has to come around at some point. No, it doesn't. We don't have to do anything. Our ego has to come around. Well, not really, but if we want to embody our soul, our ego needs to understand at some point that miracles are part of our own potential, just as Jesus can arrive arrive next to you and in the environment your ego is observing now, your ego is observing the field of miracles right now, Jesus can come in and and manifest miracles. And then you're sitting there as a human being and you might see yourself as, well, well hell, I'm not Jesus. I mean, I'm a I'm a flipping sinner. I'm a, this, you know, there there's two tiers here and there's Jesus and there's me. We you know, we can't this is this is foolishness to talk about this. Well, actually it's not. To embody the the full potential of your soul, your ego needs to come around to understanding the truth of who you are. And for every single one of us, that's a different path for everyone. When we were born, we didn't have an ego. And you can think of an ego as, uh, I like the notion of static electricity. Have you ever shuffled your feet on the carpet and uh, build up a static charge on your body and then you go over and you touch the light switch and you, and you get this spark 
and then you discharge the static electricity. So, so when you're born, you don't, you haven't built up a, an ego. You haven't built up this static charge, this, this um, artificial sense of self, if you will. Your family of origin taught, crafted, formed your brain's style, techniques of processing information. Your family of origin taught you symbols. See, dick, run. I mean, learning the most basic vocabulary, learning what objects were, and then very importantly, learning what the value of those objects are. There's this, uh, the idea of values is very important when it comes to the ego because the ego will tend to protect what it perceives, what it perceives as valuable. And every single family dynamic had a, a slightly different sense of what's valuable. So when we talk about embodying our soul, it would do us well to dissolve our belief system. Well, wait, what? D dissolve our belief systems? Uh, well, I'm kind of fond of our belief systems. I mean, <clears throat> aren't, they, um, aren't they how we talk to each other? At some point, our belief systems are important as we interact with society. Our belief systems are how we have this common experience. We've agreed on the symbol of money. We've agreed on traffic um, protocol. You drive on this side, I'll drive on that side. We've agreed on language and symbols. What does the word God mean? Well, we haven't really agreed on that one. <laughs> but, um, but our egos were literally programmed over decades of exposure observing a 3D world. So I assume you've got a few decades of skin in the game in this lifetime or soon to have a few decades. I don't know how young you are. I was born young myself. Um, we might be the same age. Were you born young? The, the ego, I suggest, observing, quote, reality, and that's a variable, observing reality over and over again for decades, the ego has this belief system about the nature of existence, the nature of what it means to be a human being. And what your ego has observed has been 3D living. Unless you live in a, a ashram with um, beings that have incarnated that, that live the 5D experience and you witness miracles, which is unlikely, your ego has seen nothing but the 3D experience. So how are you going to be able to expect yourself to perform miracles if your ego doesn't believe that miracles exist in the environment that you live in, in the paradigm that you observe as you go through your day? So your ego, your ego is a, a big factor when it comes to understanding just who the hell you are just how magnificent you are, just how powerful you are. So your ego needs to lighten up and let go of the belief systems that this 3D world is some kind of a static, rigid structure that can't be altered. Your ego needs to lighten up to think that if you've observed a paradigm for a decade, that somehow that's a reality for what's going to happen tomorrow. Your ego's got to let go of the notion of this, this momentum, if you will. 5D consciousness, reality can change moment to moment to moment, and there's not the continuity. The farther down you go into consciousness, the more continuity there is to your experience. The farther up you go in consciousness, the more agile your experience is moment to moment to moment. I mean, isn't a miracle in and of itself a moment and then the flash of a miracle and then another moment and that second moment has been transformed in the flash of an 
in in an instant. If your ego has only observed 3D living and nothing but for decades, your ego is going to have a tough time believing the possibility of a 5D effect in your life. So when we talk about embodying the soul, you got to change. You got to shake up your belief systems. You got to reevaluate what those are. No, you don't. You don't have to do anything. But if you want to re-embody your power, if you want to go to that higher level of performance or consciousness or awareness, you most certainly need to address the static nature of your ego, the the rigidness of a belief system that an ego can have. Does that make sense? Now, the... There are several sides we can approach this embodying your soul from, and we've been talking about the expectation, if you will, of today and tomorrow that our egos have. Well, I'm going to wake up in the morning, and then I'm going to, you know, do the morning routine, breakfast and whatnot, and then I'm going to get in my car, and then I'm going to drive to work, and then I, we have this momentum of expectation. And... To dissolve that helps this the next process of embodying your soul. And that's your energy, your your personal energy persona. Remember we talked about earlier in this episode that as a new soul, as we came down and started incarnating, having human experiences, we started loading up our subconscious by consuming the power of our consciousness by taking the power of our consciousness and using it to um, suppress our karmic imprinting in our subconscious. So we took the power of ourselves in karmic episodes, if you will, and when we when we take an aspect of reality that we're not willing to accept in the moment we we take our energy and and with that energy we push it as uh, yet another karmic imprint into our subconscious so now i'm i'm shifting about how we're talking about embodying the soul To fully embody your soul is to move back to purity. Remember when your soul was first born, we talked about the notion of light and no karmic imprinting. Then we talked about traversing the wheel, the cycle of life, the timeless story of a soul moving into the darkness of karma and then coming back and returning to the light. Well, we started as light, and as light we were pure. As light, we had no karmic imprinting. Purity is the lack of karmic imprinting. So if you look at where we are as humanity now, we've loaded ourselves up to the hilt. And so the journey back to fully embodying our soul is the journey back to purity. The um, I could talk in length about that. I, I wrote a book, Personal Power Fundamentals, that talks about the, the taking on of karma, the process of pushing karma into your subconscious, and then just as importantly, how to release karma. When we talk about uh, to re-embody your soul, to clean up the karmic quagmire in our own personal energy persona is key, is paramount. I, I want to suggest to you a way you can look at karma. We talked about karma as energy that we push into our subconscious that consumes some aspect of our personal power. Well, we talked about the continuity of an ego observing 3D life. One day seems like the next. A continuity of expectations, if you will. Life is 3D. All I've ever witnessed is 3D. These are general terms. The reason we have continuity in the 3D 
realm of consciousness is that we've loaded up our energy. Get this. As we load up energy into our subconscious, the reflection we show, the universe becomes more and more consistent. Uh, We could talk about the quantum space. And I think if I go into that topic, I'm not going to really cover the the embodiment of the soul without... I don't think I should go there, but I'd love to talk about quantum space and and never mind. <laughs> um, so as we load up <clears throat> our subconscious, as we load up our subconscious with this karmic imprinting, we're creating a momentum of experience. And that is what shuts down the miracle. That's why the 3D environment, the 3D human persona, is out of the realm of miracles. Because by the time you get to the bottom of the circle, the bottom of the karmic barrel, so to speak, the vast majority of your power has been pushed into your subconscious over many, many, many karmic episodes. When you push a karmic imprint into your subconscious, it becomes a standing wave of energy. What's a standing wave of energy? It's like a, a, a tone. You, you, you pick up a telephone, you hear the dial tone. It's a, sta- it's a static um, wave of energy. So every single karmic event has this standing wave of in, of energy, this static energetic beacon or transmitter, if you will, that emits an energetic wave un, that is unto itself. It's a reflection of what it is. For myself, I discovered this principle with anger. I had an immense amount of anger and that beacon in my subconscious that I wasn't aware of attracted to me angry people. When we push karmic imprinting into our subconscious, the the pliability of the environment we live in stiffens. The likelihood of creating a new paradigm diminishes. The more your psyche, your personal energy persona has been loaded up with karma, the less likely you'll see change in your life. Okay, by show of hands, wait, wait, this is radio, we can't do that. Um, how many people have had affirmations for years? They've, they've been affirming that they want prosperity or love or romance, and it hasn't shown up. Um, it's not that the affirmations doesn't work. It's that the majority of your energy coming out of your personal energy persona is contrary to what you're trying to affirm or create out of thin air, if that makes sense. So in order for us to re-embody our soul, we need to clean house. We need to reach into our psyche and clean out our subconscious of all the karmic imprinting from our past. Because until we do that, we're going to have a very static experience. And the likelihood of us really embodying our ability to create miracles just ain't going to happen. And... That's the journey itself. That's the that's the journey of the soul, if you will. To go through the experience of taking on karma, loading up our psyche, becoming immobilized, so to speak, stuck in the three D paradigm. Imagine a slave in a in a cell, there's no choices there. They're they're totally surrendered to the, the paradigm of, of of what they're living day in and day out, and they feel powerless to change it. The more we load up our our subconscious, the more static of an experience we have and the less likely it is for us to fulfill a a so-called miracle. 
uh, hopefully this uh, I'm drawing a, a, a collage of, of elements of how we've disconnected from our soul. De-embodied, I guess, could be a word. Because for us to talk about embodying our soul, we need to dissolve any incongruencies in our belief systems, in our personal energy persona, in our whole psyche, anything that's incongruent with the nature of our soul. Our soul cannot embody fear. Our soul cannot embody anything false or non-true. Our soul cannot leave its essence. It's our ego that does that. Our ego is the one that takes on the fear belief system. It's our ego that takes on the disconnection from truth. Yes, we still have a soul if we're disconnected from our truth, but our soul isn't actively participating in our day-to-day life because the majority of our thoughts that we're having are coming from our ego and the only place fear can exist is in our ego. The soul cannot be present in anything that is untrue. So we literally spend lifetimes living from the perspective of our ego and that literally keeps us disconnected from the truth of our soul. So this brings me to probably, based on the time left, the last element of re-embodying our soul. And again, all these topics could easily take um, an episode by themselves, or I'll probably write books about them. Um, in the in the mechanics, in the physics, in the what does it uh, what is the process of being a human being? Your soul is with you right now. The same soul that was there the day your soul was born, the day your physical body was born. Can I ask you something? Look at your body now. Where were all these atoms when your mom and dad were making whoopee? Before you were born, as as your mom and dad decided to have a child, all the atoms that are your body now were somewhere else. Your body is a fountain of atoms. You are no more your body now than your body 20 years from now, and it'll be totally different atoms then. Um, what I'm getting at here is is transcending this idea of our sense of self. I'm a, I'm a persona Les Jensen. I'm a, let's insert variables here. I'm a a man, a father, an engineer, an author, a radio host, a visionary, an energy master, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, well, that's only for this lifetime. And I don't even want to get that focused with it because those elements didn't exist. A lot of those didn't exist in my paradigm earlier in this lifetime. And what I'm getting at here is the last point I'm going to make based on time, is to let our soul drive our life. Now, the mechanics of that is getting out of our ego and then reconnecting with the higher wisdom, the higher consciousness that is present within us right now. And the mechanics of that is um, the wisdom of your soul is first introduced in the, into the physical arena in your pineal gland. The pineal gland is the portal between your soul consciousness and your ego mind. And <laughs> the other day, 
the other day I had such a cute uh, idea of a portal, and that was a hole in the fence. Right, so you're you're walking down the road. You're going to go to the bus stop. You're you're chilling. You're cruising down the road, and there's this big fence next to you, and you have no idea what's on the other side. And then you come along, and there's a hole. There's a little hole in the wall, and you go up and you put your eye up to the hole, and you look through the fence, and you realize, oh, this is somebody's big property, or this is a construction site for the new hospital, or there's, this must be natural wilderness. I can see forever. And through that little hole is a whole different paradigm that's going on. So when we think of our pineal gland, our pineal gland is the, the vision uh, receiver or just the receiver in general. So when our soul goes to inspire our minds, it comes in through the pineal gland. And and if our pineal gland is all uh, calcified and and crusty, then we don't have any bandwidth. We don't have any information. It's like going from a an HD movie or an IMAX movie back to a black and white uh, no sound film from the 30s. the the pineal gland is the portal to our divinity and to clean our pineal gland is to literally increase the resolution if you will to increase the connection if you will to increase the bandwidth if you will to our divine self to our soul um we've mentioned several times on the show that all nows are happening at the same time. In other words, your past lives and your future lives are all accessible through your soul now. So when your ego mind has a desire and it says, boy, howdy, I'd really like to change this aspect of my life, the soul can show you that, but the resolution you see it in is determined by your relationship with your pineal gland. So to to clean up your pineal gland, to to train your ego to listen to inspiration. You don't even need to use the pineal gland perspective of this. I just mentioned it as far as the mechanics of how the energy is, how the information is transferred. So you don't even have to think in that context, but I suggest to, to fully embody your soul, you would spend some time studying the pineal gland and then tending to your own pineal gland. But you can s- simply look at it as flat-out inspiration. So your your ego has a desire. Uh, uh, I'd like to change this about my life. And then the inspiration comes in from your higher consciousness. Now, in order for that information to be captured the first time, take some discipline with your own mind. Here we are back at that mind and that ego. The ego is kind of the lowest common denominator as far as what kind of experience you're going to have in your life. So, Say you're going through a struggle and you, and you can think of this as prayer. Prayer works the same way. You say, please, sweet Jesus, I've seen enough of this damn suffering on the planet. What the hell? Show me, show me a way I can transform my experience, a way I can be part of the transformation of of, of the healing of humanity. And divine God, divine goddess has this big-ass vision of your life thousands of thousands of times more powerful than your ego has ever dreamt and it brings it up to the portal the eye port the portal um, of your persona and your ego if it cannot if it cannot capture it 
it's a in the moment answer to the prayer. Here comes this vision of what your life can be. It's literally energy moving down the the pillar of consciousness in your persona. Here comes the answer to the prayer. And vibrationally, if your ego cannot capture it, it'll pass through you like shit through a goose because your ego cannot embody it. And and what I'm getting at here is um, what happened today? What happened today in your life? If I if I were to look at your life path, you've got this life purpose, you've got this soul vision that your soul had for this lifetime before you're even born. You're going to do this, and you're going to do this, you're going to do this, you're going to do this. And yet, if the majority of our consciousness is consumed by our ego, that information cannot come into form at a very fast pace. So if we look at today and we think, okay, today we've had 60,000, 100,000, I don't know how many, uh, 60,000 thoughts today. How many of those were from our ego? And how many of those were from our soul? So you want to re-embody your soul, do you? Well, what if all of those thoughts came from your soul? Wait, what? (laughs) Well, what would my ego think? (laughs) What if you taught your ego to not try to strong-arm your life, but rather you taught your ego to pray its desires and then be quiet, be quiet, and then listen. Uh, we could we could talk about the energy transfer of information and purity. I, I guess what I want to mention here is the purity of the energy of your persona also plays a factor in how big of a vision you can be inspired in moment to moment to moment. In other words, how powerful of an inspiration can I take action on now and now and now? Well, first of all, I've got to open my awareness to the inspiration that my soul has for me now and now and now. That means my ego is not consuming my consciousness now. It's being still and waiting for inspiration. And then your soul can feed you moment to moment to moment impulses that guide you through your life. To the point where you think, well, what happened today? And in that process of a single day, you might list 100, 200, 500 things you took action on that came from your soul. The vast majority of humanity on this planet, all 60,000 thoughts came from their ego, and they're just like yesterday's thoughts. And that's that stagnation we talk about. That's that rigidness of the 3D mind that says, well, this is what normal reality is, so I'm, I'm living a normal life. Well, when it comes to your potential, you're not living anywhere near what normal could be for your potential. Hopefully this makes sense. So we've been talking about the embodiment of the soul. We started off by talking where we are starting the journey from. And we talked about why that matters. We talked about the ego and how it was raised in a family of origin and imprinted very strongly, very deeply with thoughts, beliefs, and values. We talked about the personal energy persona, and that's very, very important. Purity is very important. To purify your personal energy persona is paramount for you to re- reclaim your personal power, your divine, your divine personal power. And then 
we talked about the the wisdom of your soul and how to improve our ability to con- conduit or receive more powerful information moment to moment to moment. And this is where authenticity comes in. Because it you know it's really kind of strange that on this planet people are worried about what other people think. People are worried on this planet about what other people think. And if you're worried about what other people think, I'm pretty sure there's no way in hell you're going to pull a miracle out and and perform it because you're thinking about what other people think. So when I talk about authenticity, I'm talking about your ability to fulfill your own inspiration, your own desires, period, period. When your soul shows you something to do, your ego doesn't take any steps to quantify it or rationalize it. An authentic person says, I've had this desire and therefore it is an authentic desire. Um, When it comes from our soul, our ego can have all kinds of desires that are loaded with uh, incongruency and false pretenses. And our soul is not ever involved with anything that's false. But when the desire comes from our soul, to fulfill that desire instantaneously is for us to honor our own authenticity. So you have to kind of bastardize yourself over what you think other people might think or might not be thinking, what the hell you should be doing. You throw all that crap right out the door. And the only thing you're worried about, there's no worry here, the only thing that you put your intention towards is am I fulfilling the inspiration of my soul in the moment with passion? And I would suggest that's the core description of authenticity. Authenticity has many wonderful side effects. If you stay authentic, you don't accumulate fatigue. You you don't accumulate karma, per se. To be authentic to who you are is a very powerful um, attribute to develop over time. So to be able to be authentic to whatever the, the hell the impulse of the moment is, that your soul has shown you as a desire and then fulfill it in the moment instantaneously, well, now we're entering the realm of back-to-back-to-back miracles. And that's how Jesus lived. He walked around, bada-boom, bada-bing, just kapow, kapow. And he didn't put in but in. Well, you know, we're out of time. No, we're not. We have infinity time. Well, wait, the show's only an hour. Um. I could talk in length about the quantum and all this uh, stuff. Um, I'm here to serve you. I'm here to help you awaken. I'm here you for to help you embody your divinity, to get past the 3D programming, the 3D paradigm. Purifying your persona would be my book, Personal Energy, Personal Power Fundamentals. That's only available on newhumanliving.com. I wrote Citizen King... Citizen King, the New Age of Power, t- teaches your ego how to work in in union with your soul. Citizen King teaches your ego how to work in union with your soul. Forgiven sinner, God's last savior. Who the hell are you to be powerful? Until you fully own that the divine answer comes through flesh and bones. Your relationship to your divine power is your relationship to your divinity. I wrote Forgiven Sinner to help heal that aspect of you. And I've got many more books coming down the pike. Um, We're out of time. (laughs) Hey, I want to thank you for taking the time out to, to work on you, to to improve you. It's my pleasure to spend this kind of time with you, and I appreciate you as a listener. 
It's been just a crazy last year, and we're just starting a new year. Um, I'm your host, Les Jensen. I want to thank you for listening. Until next time. This has been a New Human Living radio broadcast. You can raise your own personal power with Personal Power Fundamentals Home Study Course at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening. 